Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Well, welcome, welcome, welcome. It's Patty Wyatt today, and we have an exciting show for you, talking about marriage and how do we fight for our marriage. It is estimated that upwards of 80% of separated couples ultimately seek out a divorce. And despite the sobering statistics, it is possible to reconcile and build a stronger, lasting marriage. And today we have on our show Linda Rooks. She is the author of Fighting for Your Marriage While Separated. And so we just want to welcome you, Linda. How are you today? Great. It's really good to be on your show. And, you know, Linda, this is such a huge topic right now with 
um, it seems as though there are just more and more and more couples that are getting separated, that are getting a divorce. And I know even in the Christian community, at one point, it was happening outside of the Christian, you know, circle where you see divorce. And now I'm hearing it's pretty much about the same on the statistics. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it does seem like it's pretty much the same. And, and we do hear about it all the time. You know, there are people in the church, you know, you'll all of a sudden you hear, oh, so-and-so just got a divorce and you wouldn't have even known about it. Or in terms of separation, um, a lot of times you don't even know who's separated because people tend to kind of, I mean, they can just keep it quiet and not say anything. That's what we did. You know, my husband and I were separated for three years and most of our friends didn't even know it until I ended up writing a book about it. Wow. So three, three years and you hadn't, you weren't really sharing it with, with everyone. And, you know, just, just right there, even a pause on, like you said, then you went and wrote a book about it. Um, Honestly speaking, honestly, honesty is so like messed up in our world. I think right now we keep hearing, Oh, be authentic, be authentic. And yet I even hear um, TBH, to be honest, I hear the younger kids always saying to be H and I'm like, okay, so would you not be honest with me? Normally you have to actually (laughs) preface that with uh, how you're going to be honest or no, seriously, I'm telling you, telling you the truth, you know? And, and I've noticed that, that maybe some of that leads into and trickles into your, your marriage because, um, I'm seeing that, that couples live dishonestly And I don't know if we're bringing more baggage into the marriage, if we have more hidden sin, unchecked resentment, unresolved conflict. Uh, That's what I'd like to talk about today to really unpack that, that there, I I feel like there's this sense of falseness, even though we keep begging for this authentic life and being authentic with each other. So what stopped you for these three years of not sharing, is it because of legalism? Is is it because of, okay, people are going to look at us differently. They're going to judge us. What, what were your thoughts during this time? Well, part of the reason really was protection, I guess I would say, um, because when you're separated, you know, like you just gave the statistics very often, that leads to divorce. And so when you tell people that you're separated, most of them are going to look at you like, okay, she's going to get a divorce, you know. And so for me, I didn't want a divorce. I wanted to preserve the marriage. I wanted to save our marriage. I wanted to work on it. I wanted it to come back together. And so one of the reasons that I didn't share it really was because I didn't want the marriage to end in divorce. And and when you are talking to people like for instance there was one couple that did know that we were separated and I remember running into her at the mall and and she said oh I heard about what's happening with you and then the next thing that she started talking about were all the people she knew that had gotten a divorce well that is so discouraging and disheartening and it 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 just makes you have less hope and so for me it really um I don't think it was a negative thing that I wasn't telling people. It was more that I just did not want to make it a big 
deal where everyone in the world knew that we were separated because I was hoping that we would reconcile. Yeah, and that is just that's such a good point, Linda. Uh, I know um, right now my family, uh, we have a loved one that's dealing with brain cancer. And when you share that, everybody tells you all the people they know that died. <laughs> and it's right. like we have to figure out how to have healthy conversations with each other. You know, when you're grieving and going through this, the last thing you want to hear is like you just said, it's like if I share and I'm trying to be honest with you, and then you're going to tell me all the horrible divorces that are taking place. And I think that I know I've done it where you, you want them to feel like, Oh, I get where you're coming from. And if you're separated, you go, Oh, almost like you want to normalize it. Like it's okay. Other people are doing it too. Or, you know, same thing with cancer or, you know, it's like, Oh wow. Yeah. This is other people's lives. And you're just trying to share your experience with it. But sometimes it's being in the moment and being present to, to listen and just absolutely, you are absolutely right. And that is what, you know, when, because when you're separated or going through something like this, people don't know what to say. And I remember people, friends at church were just, you know, they'd see me and they'd kind of, if they knew about it, some of them would kind of disappear, you know, they would, they didn't know what to say. So they wouldn't, they kind of just didn't, wouldn't, you know, want, didn't want to be uncomfortable in my presence. Um, but what you just said is exactly right. When you have a friend that's going through something like this, the thing that you need to do is just be available to listen. I had, there was one woman that came up to me at church and you know, we knew each other. Um, we weren't real close friends. Um, she was a, a really neat woman and a, a strong Christian. And she came up to me one day and she said, I heard what's happening with you. And if you ever want to get together and talk, you know, I'm available. Well, that I needed that. You know, I needed some strong Christians in my life. And um, I ended, I took her up on that. You know, I did get together with her and we ended up meeting quite frequently um, during our separation. And she was one of the people that really gave me a lot of encouragement. In fact, in my first book, um, Broken Heart on Hold, I actually, she's one of the people that I dedicate the book to. Mm. But she just came out of the blue, you know, I mean... She just said, you know, I'm here to listen. And that's what she did. And she gave me some wise advice as we went along. But um, that really, um, that, you know, for for any of you who who do have somebody like that, that is what they need. Mm. Well, and you say she just came out of the blue, but yet we know God century <laughs> right <laughs> the blue what, up above <laughs> exactly because you go okay i'm praying and god sends his army but unless we're unless we're asking him you're in it on your own i mean you have to open that up to invite him in and invite who you know the wisdom that he's going to put in front of you but but that is hard and that's where the enemy wants us to be alone to be isolated yes. To exactly. not have those people that are that are going to support us. Well, That's we just right. have a minute before we go into commercial break, and uh, tell us like what 
And obviously we're going to have to finish it when we get back from the commercial, but can you start to share like what happened in your marriage that led into that separation? Well, one of the biggest things I think that happened with us is that we just didn't resolve issues. I mean, our marriage started off beautifully. I mean, we had like a fairy tale beginning. You know, we, for the first six years of our marriage, I actually thought my husband was pretty perfect. He was just wonderful. But after we had children and we started, you know, having different priorities and he was building his law practice and I was dealing with the children. And And Linda, I am actually going to interrupt you because we are going to take a commercial break and we're going to be right back after the messages. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. My husband and I were in youth ministry and knew nothing about church planning. But as we felt God leading us to start a new church, we were connected with Stadia. They gave us coaching and personal care, giving us the confidence that we needed. They even have a ministry called Bloom that's designed to support me as a lead planner spouse. We now lead a church in Cleveland, Ohio that's transforming lives, and we couldn't have done it without Stadia. Stadia plants churches that intentionally care for children. We won't stop until every child has a church. For more information, go to stadia.cc. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. You can have the best trainer in the world design an exercise program for you. But if you don't do it, it's not worth anything. You can join the most expensive fitness club in town. But if you don't go and exercise, it is worthless. To be a success in any exercise program, you must be consistent. It's the steady, constant exerciser who makes fitness and activity a lifestyle that excels and succeeds. Sometimes our busy schedules seem to prohibit us from exercising every day. So many people only work out one to two days a week and push themselves so hard that their intensity is too high. Even though this type of workout makes them feel good mentally, it is not the best way to exercise. It is better to moderately exercise in some form every day Consistency is the key to exercise success. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. talking with Linda Rooks, author of Fighting for Your Marriage While Separated. And Linda, you were just sharing about how you and your husband had a very happy marriage at the beginning. You actually thought he was perfect. So (laughs) that's a good start, actually. Uh, (laughs) So so go ahead and, and continue your story. 
Well, you know, after I, we had children, and as I said, he was building his law practice, and and I was dealing with the children, and so we we started having more issues with our different interests. And of course, he thought, well, you know, dealing with children was that, you know, that isn't a big deal. And I thought, well, he's, you know, having a law practice and he's dealing with that. And that's, you know, he wanted to do that. He's enjoying it. So what's, you know, so anyway, we, we were both were misunderstanding each other. And, um, and also we came from different kind of families. Um, he had a family where, you know, no, people did not argue. They didn't have conflict at all. It was kind of a peace at any price type of environment. And I came from a different environment where we did have conflict. We did argue. You know, there was dissension in the home at times. And and so that wasn't something that I was afraid of. But conflict was something that he wanted to avoid. And so, um, so when we would have our a problem... Um, very often it kind of got swept under the rug and we just did not um, resolve our issues. And, and after a while, it just got bigger and bigger and bigger and you just can't sweep those under the rug forever. And um, then, you know, when you don't resolve them, what's happening is that bitterness starts to grow. You know, you start becoming bitter about the things that are um, the are still a problem and you can't get it resolved and so the bitterness started growing the distance started growing um and so eventually um, my husband got to a point where he was um he just left and we'd had we had an argument and sometimes we'd have an argument he'd he'd walk out the door in the middle of an argument and then he'd come back an hour later and both of us would act like nothing had happened so you know that was kind of a a typical pattern and so this one day it was Easter afternoon and had the ham in the oven and table all set for a nice dinner and um, we had an argument and he left and I just assumed he'd come back like he always did but he didn't Mm. and um, he didn't come back at all and um so a mutual friend um went to talk to him and and he said that he was just chilling out he was reading books and and he didn't know when he was going to come back and that just devastated me because I thought we were so much in love I thought you know I could not imagine that he would leave me you know that he would ever leave and um so it was a really, really painful time. Uh, you know, as you were sharing that about what you come into the marriage and your, your different experiences and different <laughs> backgrounds, I, I think of Hebrews 12, 12, 1, to strip off every weight that slows us down. And of course, especially the sin that, that so easily trips us up. And I, I travel a lot and I worked in the airline industry and I've, I've, for whatever reason, have figured out how to be very efficient and how to pack. And even if I'm gone for two weeks, how to figure out one suitcase, like don't bring all that extra baggage, all that extra clutter. It really does trip you up. And you think when you're packing or I'll travel with girlfriends and they'll go, well, how do you know? Like you might have to wear this or you might have to bring these shoes or you might have to, you know, and you're just, you really are bringing all this extra baggage 
And then you're stuck lugging it around. And, and one time my girlfriend and I went to Hawaii and she had so many suitcases and then she, we, we went out in the sun and you know, it's beautiful and the, the weather is gorgeous and the wind's blowing and here you are in a bathing suit and you don't realize you're getting sunburned. And she turned purple and now I had to carry not only my bags that I had sufficiently, <laughs> I had to carry all of hers. And I always think about <laughs> marriage because it's like you're not just responsible for your baggage. Now you're having to take on somebody else's luggage and drag it around. Mm-hmm. And if you if you don't get together and pack it efficiently and talk about what you're going to do and what you're going to bring to the table and what <laughs> and when you do bring it, like, okay, do we really need to keep this? So, you know, can we get rid of this? Can we, you know, get help and get healthy here? But um, yeah, yet alone when you don't talk about it, now you're you're dragging this around. So what, what happens next? Well, we were separated for three years, but in the, in the middle of all of that, I mean, we, uh, my husband started going to a counselor and, um, and I was just a mess. And, um, he said that I. His friend told me that he told told him that I could go to the counselor if I wanted. So I did make an appointment with the counselor, and I went to see her. And she told me I was a basket case, and really? and suggested that we get together um, together with my husband. And we so we started talking together with the counselor, and her goal was simply to get us back together. In, in the same house. And so he did come back after two months. He moved back in and he was there for two months and then he left again. But what had happened is nothing had changed. I mean, we had the same problems, the same issues, the same way of dealing with our issues, which is one of the biggest parts of it um, that we had before. And so because we had nothing had changed, of course, he left again. And this time he was actually talking about perhaps a divorce. So so um, what I think what happened for me is God just sort of dropped little breadcrumbs along the way of bringing people into my life that spoke little words of wisdom that helped me navigate this time and make the right decisions because the thing that we have seen and you know now we have done a marriage ministry for 12 years and and I've done a a lot of ministry online with with people because of my first book uh, Broken Heart on Hold and and um, because of that we have seen so many people reconcile their marriages but the thing is it needs to it needs to be done the right way and most people don't do it the right way but I had some friends that came along and did just give me the right little words of wisdom and I would and I followed them thankfully and um and that made the difference. Like, for instance, one friend, uh, I mean, I laugh about this when I think about it because it had only been a couple of weeks, really, that we'd been separated. And I was at lunch with a friend, and I was going on and on and on about what was going on. And she said, Linda, he's confused. She said, call him up and tell him to take a year to figure himself out. And I said, a year? A year? And she said, yeah, think about it. She said, if he takes a year and he figures himself out and you get back together, 
and you have 20 or 30 years of happy happiness after that, wouldn't it be worth it? And I thought, well, I guess it would, you know? And so, so one of the first things for people to realize is that it, you have to give it time. You know, you just, you can't think, and you know, we, we want immediate answers, you know, we're the microwave people, you know, in our generation, we want things to happen immediately. And we have to be able to be willing to just give it some time and let God work. Because basically, what has to happen and what happened have, had to happen with us is God need to, needed to make a lot of changes in both of us, you know, and, and it takes a long time to change. You know, you don't just immediately, you know, you don't have these magic moments. Oh, I need to do this. And then you change, you know, that that's just not we, the way we are with our human nature. And it takes a while for God to get our attention, point things out to us, help us to see what we need to do. Um, for me, for instance, um, it was a whole year that we'd been separated before I realized that any of it was my fault. And literally, I woke up in the middle of the night, one night, and it was like I saw myself in a whole different way with all these little petty attitudes and little things that I would do or say, you know, and I thought, oh my gosh, it's not all his fault. Some of it is my fault, you know, and and at that point, I started really letting God show me more and more my part of it. And I, I spent a lot of time in the scriptures, a lot of times going to Bible studies or church or listening to uh, radio ministries like yours. Um, and, and all of those things um, really started showing me some of the changes I needed to make and reading Christian books, you know, a lot of good Christian books. So. Mm-hmm. I want to go back to, uh, I thought it was interesting when you said you went to the counselor and they said you were a basket case. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I like to get into the weeds of stuff because I think <laughs> listeners are out there going, they're not aware of their part, like you said. And when someone does share that, like, was that, were you oblivious to the fact that you really were showing up as a basket case or were you kind of aware of it? Oh, I knew it. I, I knew I was just, I, I was in such pain, literal, literal pain. Uh-huh. I mean, it was literal pain and my mind was going around and around in circles. I couldn't think, I couldn't function. You know, it was, I was really, I, I knew I was a basket case. So when she said that, that was pretty, um, pretty accurate. Mm-hmm. You just didn't know what to do with these emotions and your coping mechanisms were just out of whack Absolutely. at this point. Okay. I had no idea what to do. I, I was such in such shock because I, it was, it, I wasn't expecting that. I knew we were having problems, but I did not expect him to ever leave me. Um, I loved him, you know, I wanted our marriage and, um, it, and, and this is common, you know, this is, I, the emails I get from people and the classes that we have, I mean, I see it all the time. I mean, people are just one person leaves. Sometimes it's the man, sometimes it's the woman. Um, and they'll be completely in shock that yeah. the other person left. Yeah. 
Well, we're going to go ahead and go back into a commercial break. And uh, when we come back, just want to unpack that a little bit more of how, yeah, the pain and the shock and, and be able to discuss that. So we'll be right back. This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. We were thriving in a youth ministry when God clearly called us out of our Bible Belt comfort zone to plant a church in California. Stadia's 90 plus percent success rate gave us all the confidence we needed. They also cared for us through amazing support networks to encourage us like Bloom, a one-of-a-kind ministry for planters' wives. It's here I find deep friendships with like-minded gals who want to change lives. Stadia plants churches that intentionally care for children. We won't stop until every child has a church. For more information, go to stadia.cc. This is the Tokinet Radio Network, radio with a cutting edge. Recently, while my family was skiing in Colorado, we were greeted by a red fox that darted out of the trees. This beautiful animal with his big bushy tail just stood in the snow and stared right at us. Maybe he smelled all the loverwort we had in our pockets. Loverwort is another word for junk and snack food. Typically, a red fox eats scrub and woodland, but this one appeared to have had his share of hamburgers and hot dogs from the chalet grill. Foxes are similar to dogs, except they are not pack animals. The female fox, or vixen, typically gives birth to a litter of 2 to 12 pups. When they are young, they all live together as a family, known as a leash of foxes. Once grown, the young foxes leave the burrow and go out to live on their own. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on Toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, we are back. We are chatting with Linda Rooks, author of Fighting for Your Marriage While Separated. And Linda, you were just sharing your story and also just others that are walking through this pain and uh, just feeling so broken and I know you had your your first book, and will you just talk a little bit about that as well? I kind of, I'm kind of interrupting your story, but I also want to make sure that we uh, let our listeners know about your your first book and just how vulnerable you were in that in sharing the pain that you, that you were going through at the time. Yes, my first book um, was called Broken Heart on Hold: Surviving Separation, and that one. I actually started writing it in the middle of our separation because I am a writer. I love to write. And 
And when I was going through the separation, I just did not know what to do, and I couldn't find any devotional books that really helped me or anything. So when I was going through a really difficult time, I would sit down and write about what I was feeling until God brought me to a place of peace. And I did that over and over and over and over and over. And so um, when my husband and I got back together and I read some of the things that I had written, um, I I showed them to my husband, and he said, Oh, my goodness, Linda, this is a Romans 8.28. This is a way that God can use what we went through to help other people. And so I did end up publishing that book called Broken Heart on Hold. And and what it is, it really goes through the emotional pain, you know, just one thing after the other. It's it's written in very short chapters, like one to three pages long, um, which is something that you can digest when you're in pain. A lot of times you can't read a whole big chapter. Yeah. And so, um, but I go through all the emotions that you go through and as a result, I've had so many readers say, You're, what you wrote is exactly what I'm feeling. I feel like I'm going through exactly what you are. And, and so um, that book has really helped people to heal emotionally and spiritually because each, um, each of the chapters also brings God into it. You know, I don't leave you in the pain. You know, I'm, I'm bringing God back over and over and over. So, um, because it's it's such a hard time. And most people, you know, when you're going through this, most people do not understand the pain that you're going through. In mm-hmm. fact, when I was, when I first wrote the book, uh, one of the editors said she thought it was over the top with all the emotions. It was just, you know, extreme. And But my real editor had gone through the same thing, and she said, no, it's not. This is how you really yeah. do feel. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, the emotions are so raw. And, you know, you go back from the, into anger, you're angry one minute, and the next minute you're sobbing on the bed and then you're regretting and you're thinking what is he going to do and what am I going to do and what's going to happen and your mind is swirling around in just a million ways and and it's just so painful and so one of the really important things is for people to be able to heal emotionally just so they can make wise decisions because when you're in the middle of pain uh, and your feelings are so raw you don't you can't make decisions you can't you don't know what to do and so my first book broken heart on hold that's what that's what that does yeah uh, you know and when you talk about healing emotionally for those listeners that are out there that are in this it's it truly is dealing with the junk and and i think from what i see and i i obviously am not a marriage counselor and and what you've been doing for the last 12 years. But we, we live in a world of instant gratification to the point, you know, we 20 seconds to go heat up my coffee. Uh, you know, just everything, <laughs> everything quick. So when we, when you talk about healing emotionally, uh, I just want to just step into that a little bit because with our world of instant gratification, it's really easy to just jump online, maybe jump on Facebook and find an, an old boyfriend, an old girlfriend, whatever it is, because we want that quick release of, okay, I'm hurting, I'm in pain, it feels raw, I want somebody to make 
make me feel better. So I'm just going to self-medicate rather than really unpacking the junk that's taking place. And, and I've seen it even with, with men where the, it it goes into the temptations of, of porn. I mean, that, that's my quick, and, and, and now it's even me more and more women are dealing this. What, but just getting on a porn site, or maybe that's even the part that's hurt your marriage because we are not exposing this because we think, oh my gosh, of course they're not going to love me if they know where I'm spending my time when I'm lonely or, you know, I'm getting on Facebook. Maybe I'm flirting with somebody else. And I, I can't share this with my spouse and it's innocent. I know my heart's in the right place and you start messing with fire here. So what are some tips that you give people, especially when I I guess I'm, I'm thinking specifically about porn being a big issue where I've seen so much where that has separated marriages and families And, you know, it's like, you just go, okay, cut up those credit cards, do something like you have to get out of those temptations or get off of Facebook. If that's the, you know, where you've become a habitual liar, uh, what are some, some tips that you give? Well, I'm afraid I I have not really had to deal with pornography. Thankfully, that's not an issue that I've really dealt with very much. So I'm afraid I don't have a lot of advice for that but i know that generally when when the temptation is coming whatever form it's taking you know what it says in the bible is to flee you know and that means that you just end it you know whatever it is you just you just really just try to walk away from it as much as you can and you know in terms of what you were talking about earlier about you know because of your pain you're likely to start turning to some of these things. One of the things that I like to remind people is that, you know, when you have pain, it's not going to go away. You know, you can't stuff it. You can't turn to something else that's going to take the place to make you feel better. You can't go, you know, get into another relationship and that's going to make you feel better because that pain that you have is going to show up again. You know, it's going to surface somewhere until the the only place to take that pain is to put it in God's hands because he knows what to do with that pain. He can take your pain and transform it into hope because he is a big God and he has answers for us. And so when we can take the pain and we put it in God's hands, and we allow Him to show us what we can do or what we need to do, what He wants us to do, um, then we start having the peace that He can give us, and He also starts giving us direction. We start feeling, um, you know, led to do this or that. You know, I remember during um, our separation, I, I spent so much time with God, more than I ever had before, and and even though it was the hardest time in my life, it also became the sweetest time in my life with Jesus because I truly was just, you know, letting myself just be absorbed by him, you know, and I would just read Christian books and um, 
you know, listen to the radio, as I was saying earlier, and all of those things, and listen to praise music. That was huge for me. And, um, and so eventually I got to a place where, I mean, I could just feel him leading me, you know, at, or just in my spirit. It was like, okay, don't say this. Don't say that. Wait for this. Wait for, you know, and it was like when you're really focusing on God, he can lead you. And and one of the things, too, you know, I was talking about how I had little had friends that kind of dropped little breadcrumbs of wisdom into my life. And one of the other ones that was really important was that um, a friend said to me, she said, and this is when I was, you know, talking about all my problems, all my issues, everything. And she said to me, she said, put him on the back burner and focus on God. And that was a, a real important piece of advice because you become obsessed, you know, with the situation. You know, you're in such pain that you become obsessed with your spouse, you become obsessed with the circumstances. All you can think about is that. And so when you can really um, put them on the back burner and focus on God, then he can start showing you the things that you need to do and the direction he wants you to take and he can give you his peace and it's just that is really such a huge answer to the pain you know what to do with that pain that's what to do you you take it to god mm-hmm. yeah the the par- powerful words there and it it's it's easy to Say this is going to sound really trite, um, but I also have heard when you're when I've given someone a verse, and I love that you said Romans eight twenty eight because all things do work together for good to those who love God, and He does have such a huge purpose. So for you know for our listeners out there, it's like oh there they go again quoting scripture and throwing scripture my way and telling me I need to lean in, but we really do need to lean in. And I, and I love what you um, said about it. it, Here it is the most tragic time in your life. And yet you, it was the sweetest time. And that, that is so powerful. And what I meant when I said, you know, it sounds so trite uh, when we say those words, um, you know, just lean into him, let him lead you. But it really is the most powerful thing. Well, we have just one minute. The show is going by so fast, Linda. Uh, what in that one minute, what would be one thing that you did? I love you said I was listening to praise music, but um, what was another just tangible thing of how you leaned in? Well, one of the things, too, I think another thing was to just realize that, you know, when a separation happens, that your marriage is broken. There's something wrong. You know, there's some dynamics that need to change. And so one of the things I did also is to just really look at the dynamics that were going on in my marriage and and to realize some of the things I needed to do differently. And and some of those things, like, for instance... Linda, I'm sorry. Is that are we are we through? Oh, 
This is Girlfriended on Toginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. My husband and I have always wanted to plant a new church. After 10 years, God finally affirmed that in us. We thought we were on our own. We never imagined that there was an organization that could partner with us. That's when we got connected with Stadia. They have incredible systems in place to support our family, including a network designed specifically for me, the spouse of a church planner. We could have never done it without Stadia. Stadia plants churches that intentionally care for children. We won't stop until every child has a church. For more information, go to stadia.cc. son just adopted a dog, a red fox Labrador named Scout. There is no better psychologist in the world to help you feel good, like a happy-go-lucky Norse Boris puppy licking your face. Dogs are really smart. If you think dogs can't count, try putting three dog biscuits in your pocket and then giving Fido only two of them. Your dog will be snuzzling or poking around with his nose to find the last biscuit. If people are really smarter than dogs, why are we the ones walking along behind them with the pooper scooper? The reason a dog has so many friends is that he wags his tail instead of his tongue. Even though owning a dog can cause us to become dartle dum doos or someone who spent all of their energy, dogs reward us by giving us their all. It's the best deal man has ever made. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my new app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. We have been chatting with Linda Rooks, author of Fighting for Your Marriage While Separated. And Linda, we were discussing how do you really lean into God? And you mentioned talking about, um, you know, listening to praise music and um, you, you started into some of the things you can do. And then we rudely interrupted you with our music. So <laughs> uh, just a couple of those things. And then I want to really talk about, I know in your book, you, you talk about some major things that can make a huge difference in restoring your marriage. So first of all, finish that thought of how to lean into God. And then let's unpack how do we restore our marriage? Yeah. In terms of leaning into God, that is is truly one of the most important things to do and and what it really is is surrendering your marriage to God and really putting it in his hands because we want to solve problems ourselves we want to work it all out you know we're when when we're separated we may think you know if i stop worrying about this then there's going to be nothing to keep us together and so worry kind of becomes a tie and so when you can Truly put it in God's hands, surrender it to God's hands, realize He is a big God and He has answers that we don't have. And if you can trust Him in that, even though you can see absolutely no way through it, but trust God and put it in His hands, um, He really can help you 
um, come through with that. And the praise music was a big one for me. Um, it just kind of kept me my head above water an awful lot of the time. And and being a, just surrounding myself with with Christians and with Christian music and Christian teaching and you know Christian books and everything like that. So. Yeah, because it's hard to keep your focus. It is hard to keep your focus on God. You want your mind wants to go off on all these other things all the time. Yes, yes. Well, and then, like I mentioned, and you you talked about that often when we're you know if you're separated in your marriage, that we just don't know the right things to do, and there are specific things that make a huge difference. So, what are some of those steps of restoring your your marriage while you're separated? Well, one of the big things uh, when a separation first occurs, and it, this, you know, you may have already, somebody may have already been separated and they didn't do it right, but you can always go back to doing this. And that is um, to give this person space. If somebody has left, if the other person left and you're by yourself, you're left alone, um, and you, um, and you, of course, want to know what they're doing and why they're doing this. You want you have a million questions. and um, But if you go chase after them with questions, basically you're pushing them farther away because when they have set when they've left they're running from some kind of conflict it might be in the con- a conflict in the home or it might be a conflict that's raging around in their own head but there's some kind of conflict and so if you are coming after them and asking questions or wanting to talk or let's go to a counselor or let's you know discuss our issues you know what have I done wrong all of those things um, you're just pushing them farther away and so the thing the very first thing that I tell people that they need to do is to give their partner space and that means no calling no texting no emailing for a period of time just give them some space so they have time to kind of think things through and and kind of get their bearings and then after that when you do have contact it's really important at that point to be positive you know, to think of something positive to say, even though that's not what you're feeling. You know, you're not going with your feelings at all. And, you know, you talk about authenticity. Well, you know, may, we may not be being authentic at this point. But but while you're giving your spouse the space, you also are going to God, like I talked about earlier, focusing on God, putting your husband on the back burner. And allowing God to give you his peace. And if he is doing that, then he will bring you to a place where you can speak some positive words. It doesn't have to be some huge thing. It can be like, you know, I know you're doing the best you can. Or, you know, he's he's moved in with Bill, who's a Christian. And so you say, you know, I'm really glad that you're staying with Bill. He's a good person. And I'm glad, you know, that I know he'll be good for you to be around and or something like that. You know, just say something that's positive each time you have contact. And and um, for me, I, I guess since we're talking to women, you know, one big thing that really made a difference to me was to realize that men and women's emotional needs were so different. And when I was reading the book, you know, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, and... Um, 
one of the things that John Gray talked about in that book was the different emotional needs of men and women. And when I started reading the emotional needs of a man, I thought, oh my gosh, I haven't done any of this. You know, I the things that I had done are the things that a woman needs. You know, I was trying to be understanding and devoted and, you know, reassuring and stuff like that. But what a man needs, according to John Gray, is trust, acceptance, appreciation, admiration, approval, and encouragement. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had not been appreciating him or uh, uh, admiring him or accepting him. A lot of the things he was doing I wasn't totally excited about, and so I wouldn't say that. And it doesn't mean that you have to be happy with what they're doing. It's just you have to find, if you can find something that you can accept, like what I just said earlier, you know, to accept where he's staying you know he was staying in a good place you know and to say something like that but but to speak those positive words and when you do that you are starting to create a place of safety and when you when the other person feels safe then they're not so afraid to be around you you know they may say okay i might be able to spend five minutes with them you know and so yeah. then they'll and they'll you'll start talking a little bit and it it starts the it starts thawing out a little bit and and so it just takes time you have to give it time and um, you just start pouring positive things into the relationship for a while without really expecting anything and get, and realizing it's going to take time you know don't be in a hurry because God needs to make changes in each of you and and really listen to God to see what he wants to tell you about yourself you know and and as I said earlier, too, um, you know, the, if your separation has occurred, the marriage is broken. There's something really wrong in the way you relate. And so if you can also step back and kind of think about, okay, what are some of the negative reactionary circles that we go, you know, we go around and around, you know, I say this, he says this, I say this, he says this, you know, this is the way we respond to each other typically. And we need to break that cycle. And sometimes for us, um, for me, one of the very first things that I realized is that we had a pattern of blaming each other. You know, it was like it was whose fault it was with everything. And and so one of the first things I remember doing was um, there was a financial thing going on and something came in the mail um, that was some financial deal that he had going on that wasn't very good and and instead of blaming him or you know having an accusatory attitude I called him up and I said this came in the mail and I said it looks like we have something that we need to resolve you know and I said we you know it was like okay let's approach this as a team and without any blaming and I remember the next time I talked to him he had a softer tone to his voice, and it, it helped. So things like that, you know, and or your body language, you know, think about your body language. Sometimes you might be saying words that are fine, but your tone of voice or your expression on your face or whatever is communicating something different than what your words are. So, you know, start letting God show you the things um, in your marriage that, you need to make a change in. So those are some of the things, um, you know, that you can do to start doing things the right way. Great advice. And that's not just advice for when you're separated. That's great advice to <laughs> being married, you know, when it's easy to 
to point the finger when it's, you know, even something about our kids where you want to go, well, you know, why did you say they could do this rather than, hey, we need to decide what to do now because this is what's taking place. So rather than blaming, if we're really looking at it as a dream team, which is, you know, what you have the opportunity to have in a marriage, then go into it with that same, you know, appreciation that we're a team here and how are we going to figure this out? And uh, great tips on the, our emotional needs are so different. Uh, I I think that's so powerful when we realize that men, they want to be admired, they want respect. And when we let them know that rather than when they come home, it's, you know, I asked you five times to take the trash out and you can't take the trash out and you can't do this and you can't do that. (laughs) Okay. Just love them. Appreciate what they do. You know, be gracious and have that gratitude and it helps you out to start looking at all the, at all the amazing things that they do rather than what they're not doing. And don't you feel that when you do have that respect and admiration, then they will fall all over you trying to right. do things that you're, you know, would love to do as a team. Right. Um, yeah. When you start appreciating the things that they do do, then they're more apt to want to do more because they like the appreciation, you know, so that, yeah. that, that is a, a good way to do it. And, and, and another thing too, that I know that I, I realized, um, that I needed to do more was to listen better and, you know, sometimes your spouse might be talking about something that just seems totally off the wall to you, you know, like, well, what are they talking about? This, And and so you kind of interrupt, well, that doesn't make sense. You know, we can't do that. Um, so just listening, even if they're talking about crazy things, and if you're separated and your spouse has left you, when you do get together, they are probably going to be talking about all kinds of things that are just crazy, you know, and they're... May, they may be out there. They may have walked away from the Lord. They may be looking at, you know, different things. And, and you know, we want to immediately correct them or whatever. But if you can just let them talk and just listen, you know, and say, hmm, okay, you know, yeah. <laughs> rather than immediately correcting them. that That's another way that you can interrupt one of those little negative circles that sometimes plagues the marriage. Yes. Well, thank you, Linda, so much. Thank you for all those tips. Thanks for being on the show. And Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriend It. The show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. It's the show.